Good evening, afternoon, night, morning, whenever you find a way to watch this podcast. Omar from the Hardware, I'm back. Jackson, I will be back on pretty soon. But, uh, you know, life's, life's busy for both of us. Um, but come football season, we'll be back in the swing of things. I'm back with a, with a familiar face on the podcast, one we haven't had in a long time. And I'm just glad to be able to just talk to him again. We have Dan Steamcammer, uh, pretty much the, the the man who has the pulse on Delaware Bluehead Nation. And so, uh, of course, we're talking about a Delaware topic. I'm not sure if you if you watch the podcast or listen to it before you may kind of have an idea about like what kind of quirk we're talking about today, but uh, Dan, I'm excited to just chop it up again. My man, it's good to be back. Thank you so much for thinking of me. And uh, yeah, great to catch up tonight as well as dig into, I mean, this is you and I, we, we're interested in a lot of the same stuff on the crazy, wonderful world of college athletics. And this this is one of those Venn diagram overlaps, I think for sure, talking about streaming and, 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 a, and an FCS FBS matchup. So yeah, let's dive right in. Should be a good one. Exactly. It should be good. And I mean, like, it's just funny how the more things change, the more they kind of stay the same. I mean, with like the streaming model being, you know, sort of cable in, in the 21st century, maybe not 21st century, but in the 2020s. Um, and then just how, you know, I guess maybe in 2005, an appearance on ABC was cool and all, but like, like nowadays, an appearance on network TV, ABC, CBS or NBC is as good as gold, as we've seen with the Big Ten, uh, pretty much aligning themselves with three well, yeah with three of the four major networks for their television deal pretty much a groundbreaking deal um by all means um so i guess with that being said uh delaware fans are probably well aware a couple weeks ago during the big uh, first three weeks of the season television schedule layout or announcement of times uh delaware fans uh i guess so that game, it's uh, it's the second week of the season, right? Or is it the first or second week of the season? Oh, I think it's the second because Penn State's playing West Virginia. Yeah, week week two for Delaware week as well. Two. Yep, yep. Okay, so with those announcements came mass announcements of whether it would be certain channel lineups like CBS Sports Network released almost their whole schedule for the whole season um, for the Mountain Western Conference USA. And then, of course, you had Michigan announcing the Big Ten Saturday night or the big Saturday night games along with their three Peacock exclusives. And among the three Peacock exclusives were, I guess you can, you can say they're kind of throwaway games, like where you had, uh, it was, it was of course, a uh, Delaware Penn State, which we're going to talk about today. You had the surprise, Washington, Michigan State on Peacock, which was which they instead chose uh, Maryland-Charlotte for uh, the, the primetime game in that week, which I'm a huge fan of, but college football, <laughs> you know, casuals aren't a huge fan of. And I'm forgetting the third Peacock game. But, oh, yeah, I'm forgetting the third Peacock game. But I just know it was another, like, kind of paycheck throwaway game or uh, or, or conference game that doesn't matter. That really, I guess, won't have much implications. But on the Delaware-Penn State game being a Peacock exclusive, uh, like I said, you're the pulse of Blue Hens fans. What's kind of their thoughts? Are they just – I assume they're disgruntled from what I've seen from CAA Twitter just the past couple years. Yeah. I do think that generally UD fans, as they're looking toward an NFBS game on the schedule, uh, when you think about typically in past years when Delaware's had an FBS opponent, and, and really in prior years for most FCS schools, when you play up, you expect to maybe find yourself on, on network TV. I'm not saying that I'm not saying national TV or one of those three big, big main networks that the end that the big, the big 10 is partnered with this season, but I'm saying CBS sports network, which broadcast a uh, Delaware's winner for Navy last season expect something like that, maybe, you know, um, another kind of FS1, FS2 type situation. Um, but instead, it will be streaming only for Delaware at um, Penn State. I do think Delaware fans are disappointed that they won't get over-the-top uh, linear experience uh, to see the, their FBS game this season, uh, in large part because uh, many Delaware fans, if they're already college sports fans, they might be interested in already having ESPN Plus, and then that doesn't even include Delaware's regular season conference games, which, of course, are housed under a flow sports umbrella of CAA uh, content and live games. So it, it Peacock, as far as the Delaware fans I know of, it it, it hasn't necessarily gotten a, like a, too much of a grip in on the sports streaming sector yet. I mean, Peacock has streamed a wide variety of sporting events. Uh, soccer, I know Major League Baseball's had Peacock uh, mid-morning starts or noontime, early, early Sunday starts, which I which I've I've enjoyed the games that wrap up what by two or three o'clock. Those are always good ones on the baseball side of things. But um, it's just Peacock. I don't know if folks necessarily always associate it with being a spot for sports. I mean, I, there are plenty of people who do. I'm just saying in the college sports scene, you know, with Peacock as NBC works with the Big Ten here, 
Peacock will kind of break more and more into streaming college sports with more frequency. So when it comes to the University of Delaware, uh, I don't think there's an expectation that the fans have that Peacock will be um, have the same quality concerns as in-house school broadcasts of flow sports games. Like when institutions produce flow sports broadcasts, it's going to vary wildly. You know, the resources that they've given host institution are what you're going to get. But with Peacock, you're still getting uh, the folks from NBC who are putting their resources and energy into a streaming product. So it's it, not a matter of quality or anything like that necessarily. Um, but there is a consideration of, hey, there are only so many dollars we can afford to spend on our, on streaming, you know, any, any given household, any given individual, you know, me- member of a family or a whole family trying to put dollars together to figure out what are we going to stream, you know, Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, that's usually one package, but there's only so many dollars that can go around. And so I know plenty of uh, plenty of Delaware fans are are disappointed that in reality, if you want to see every single one of Delaware's games this season, you're going to have to uh, find a way to get a, P- a Peacock subscription because I don't believe the game's going to be available without subscription. I know over the years, Peacock has had different, like I, I've had a Peacock account in the past and I believe I still do under, under a free, not, not, not trial, but just a free, a free version of, of it, just that they were offering at the time I signed up. And um, I may have had been able to access a major league baseball game or two, but it's all changing over time as far as so my, if I'm understanding it correctly right now, this will be something you'll need a subscription for as we get into the uh, new fiscal year and the new football season. So uh, long answer, but in the end, for those re- all those reasons, uh, it's just a, it's a new streaming site for many Delaware fans to visit. Um, I'm, they, I'm, they've been aware of it, I'm sure, but uh, now it's it's the new reality of just because you're playing an FBS school and just because you're playing a what I think is going to be top ten you know, college football playoff contender in Penn State, just because you're doing all that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get the benefit of an ESPNU or CBS Sports Network or FS1. Yeah, so I mean, I agree with your points there. So my my one thing is this is like with Delaware fans, I mean, of course, you you're around them all the time. Uh, do they strike you as more all around sports fans? Because I mean, Peacock has some appeal as mm-hmm. I guess yeah. a good deal for all around sports fans. Because I mean, like, say like if they were to subscribe for like a one month just to see Penn State, Delaware, you get I guess the final the final games in the home stretch of you know the the Sunday lead off games for NBC. Yeah. Um, and then Premier League too, but I mean, like, do you think Delaware fans will care, I guess, care so much about seeing their team that they're just, will fixate on, on Peacock? I think of the profile of the, of the Delaware fan is really, there are plenty of fans who subscribe to the Philadelphia teams, you know, it's the greater Philadelphia area and also in a way the greater Baltimore area. I mean, I often think of myself as being situated about halfway between uh, those two. And I, I just don't know. The University of Delaware, you know, hardcore fan who was thinking about tracking down Peacock and considering the pros and cons of Peacock for the Penn State game. I mean, a UD fan is a college sports fan, and most college sports fans are more comfortable on ESPN Plus, where you can you can kind of justify your purchase with, well, there's such a bevy of inventory, right? Like there's such a bevy of inventory, I can dance around multiple games very conveniently, all in one place. Um, and so I think for that reason, especially. That's why that Peacock just isn't the same. It doesn't have the same grip on the college sports uh, streaming inventory economy at this point. So um, I don't. I just think that the value proposition is there as a general matter across the world of sports outside of the college realm for Peacock. But I don't consider Delaware Blue Hen fans too different than other other college sports fans who uh, their security blanket is definitely ESPN Plus. And in the case of Delaware fans, they're necessity blanket it's not a security blanket and the necessity blanket is flow sports and which which already comes at comes at, at a price so um i think that that's where that's what it really boils down to i'll be interested in more so in first time users you know delaware fans who are need to use peacock to uh take a look at this penn state game will, will there be renewals from that will will folks kind of be be be, be intrigued by the product because it, it may be many folks first time with it or first time since a free trial you know months or years ago so uh when NBC years ago, I, I was tweeting about this actually. When when the when the Delaware and Penn State game uh, got on the books for noon and not three thirty, because you'll never believe me. When I saw the three thirty p.m. initial kickoff announcement, I thought I was shocked that it wasn't a noon game. Not that it would be big noon Saturday or anything. Just like typically, an FCS FBS game is pretty regional. You know, schools are relatively close. You, you might think about a noon start. So they wind up being noon. And after I saw that announcement, I did some research and checked down. I think Delaware's last game that was nationally available, as the Peacock avail- availability will be national, of course. The last NBC pow- platform nationally available Delaware game was 
likely in uh, 2015 when the Hens hosted William and Mary on NBC Sports Network. So I bring that up to say NBC Sports Network doesn't exist anymore. And part of the reason it doesn't exist anymore is because of NBC, uh, NBC's or Comcast's, you know, however you want to label it. It's concerted effort to put resources into getting sports streaming on 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 Peacock, the newest platform. So, uh, in a way, it's kind of funny to think about. Everything comes full circle. The CAA had an agreement with NBC Sports Network years ago to get a certain number of CAA football games on a linear television nationally, and now Delaware will be on an NBC platform nationally, but just through streaming, uh, direct to consumer. So it it's uh it 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 it's something that's been perceived, I think. Uh, by I mean, it's a Delaware fan base that it, it's, it's an older fan base, very dedicated. It, it, it does skew a bit older, I think, than the general streaming demographic. But folk, folks have adjusted over time and, and Flow Sports has been in place with the CEA since I think right before the pandemic. So uh, it's it, it's a fan base. It, it can navigate the peacock in their trouble. But uh, at the same time, yeah, to, to get around to the main point, I, I'm more interested in seeing if first time peacock users will stick with it and see some of the Big Ten content throughout the rest of the college football season. Because, of course, that's why Peacock's there, right? Big Ten, Penn State versus Delaware. And uh, yeah, certainly, I don't know how many FCS games or FCS teams have been involved on Peacock so far. So Delaware will have one of those first few distinctions, uh, I'd say, uh, in 2023. Yeah, also, I mean, it's interesting you say that about, like, uh, I guess, how many FCS teams are involved. And I'm just interested, like, this is, I guess, in the future. The Atlantic 10, of course, has a deal. I think they're the only conference before the Big Ten that had a deal with NBC. So I'm interested to see. I, I do think most of their games will get sent to Peacock. Would I mean, most of their, I guess, uh, most of their their 35-game slate on across NBC sports platforms, most of it was across um, USA Network. Right. Um, well, actually, yeah, all but a couple games, with the couple being put on the NBC sports app before like right. the advent of Peacock. Um, so most of those games are on USA Network. I mean, those that watch USFL for me, a big USFL yep. guy. Um, the USA games or the USFL are simulcast on Peacock, but I just don't think the Atlantic 10, as much as I love the Atlantic 10 as a conference, I really do. Um, you know, one went to a couple Fordham games at Rose Hill Gym, mm-hmm. you know, college mm-hmm. and everything, but um, I just don't think it's enough to, you know, care to I guess satisfy the I guess hunger for um mm-hmm. that college sports fans have. Uh, even even if it's just five bucks per month, which like the price, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a little bit uh, later on. But I think I think that's a that's a very good point too. Um, so I guess on to the price though. So Peacock's about five. It's five bucks a month. Uh, I mean, right now, like it, it's the cost of it, it's like five bucks to watch one home game, and it's a it's it's a monthly cost compared to you're paying the bulk for Flow Sports. You know, I think it's like twenty nine ninety nine per month. Um, you know, I guess just for for all the CA, all I, I guess every other Delaware game, uh, with the exception of maybe like I don't know if they play any like Patriot League or like Ivy League schools like on the road, but I assume like all every other like game is a uh, Flow Sports own game. Yeah, yeah. The non-conference wise, uh, St. Francis from the NEC comes to Delaware Stadium, and Duquesne also from the NEC comes uh, to Newark. So uh, there'll be yeah home games that'll be on Flow Sports as well for Delaware. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, about thirty bucks, a uh, thirty buck per month. Uh, I guess contra, I guess not contribution, but commitment. So, let's see. In the long run, football season lasts from like September, all the way to I guess the FCS season to November. So three months, about ninety bucks for, so ten bucks a game. So I guess the per game rate ends up being less for uh for Delaware fans with the Peacock game. Excuse me. I'm uh. The Penn State game on Peacock uh, compared to the per game rate, the I guess the approximate per game rate on Flow Sports. But um, I guess I want to ask you this: like, do you think this game is is better off now that it is on Peacock compared to the Big Ten Network? Because looking at the price of, um, you know, cable, the ship is the the ship has sailed on cable for the most part. I don't I don't need to tell anyone listening to this podcast that, but um, for for streaming for streaming options for the Big Ten Network, the cheapest one that I could find was uh, Sling TV, which either the blue or orange package, whichever one carries, um, it's it's thirty it's thirty bucks per month, uh, and then of course you have and you combine the two, it's forty five bucks a month. And then like some of these prices for the other streaming services, it it is cable again, just without a long term contract. So you know you can cut it off when you want. That's the only benefit of it because you're paying seventy one bucks, seventy two bucks a month for YouTube TV. 65 bucks a month for Hulu uh, live TV, which both have, have the big 10 network. So am I, so I guess 
I guess I want to play the devil's advocate and say it's better off that this one-off game is on Peacock compared to the other streamers because of how difficult it is to get the Big Ten because the Big Ten doesn't have a direct-to-consumer option. Yeah, yeah, totally. I follow your argument there. I think if you're in the camp as a Delaware fan who does not currently have access to the Big Ten network, whether it's your cable provider, if you're if you're on cable, your cable provider doesn't uh, provide it, which I guess is more of an, more of it has been more of an issue for folks looking for the Pac-12 network because I, I, I the Pac-12 network I know has had carriage um, issues over time with different uh, cable providers, but uh, yeah, so if you don't happen to have the Big 12 Big Ten network for that reason, or you don't have a streaming service that currently um, includes the Big Ten network in your bundle, the Big Ten network. Your path to it, there, there, right? There is a standalone path to the Big Ten Network. The way, um, you know, you go, you can go directly to Peacock and get, you know, cl- if if you're one and done with Peacock it, for one game with Delaware, Penn State, yes, it, it probably will be more, uh, more, more efficient for you dollars and cents wise. So I, I totally see that. So it, in that sense, is maybe there, there's the glass half full uh, comparison for Delaware fans. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily, not, not all is lost. It could be a bit worse if you were on the Big Ten Network because I, I guess. And you can, this is a question I would have because I haven't seen as many Big Ten games. You may have had more experience streaming Big Ten games in re- years prior to this one. Did Was there a way to get to the Big Ten Network through like the Fox Sports Go app? Because I know the Big Ten Network and Fox are are, are tied. Um, so but I wasn't sure if the, if the, if the Fox, the Fox Sports overall package of streaming options included access to the, to BTN at all. Yeah, so I think uh, so. Fox Sports Go, I believe, is I think you need to authenticate no matter what with whatever okay. subscriber yeah. you have. So I, I don't think it's like a Peacock type option. I think I Good read point. something too about Fox's dependence on traditional TV, how it's kind of paid off for them. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so yeah, yeah, so I mean, you can't. Yeah, you have to authenticate. Right. Anyway. So even if you're authenticating in Fox Sports Go, that requires you're you're, you're authentic with some streaming provider or some cable provider, right? So that okay, that's that's important clarification. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I think uh, while it's not the best situation, I think there is kind of a, a glass, like half full perspective, like you said, you can look for, but it's like, it's, it's also like, too, it's like the games that are also part of the Peacock package. Uh, Cause it just occurred to me, like the, the third game that was part of the Peacock package wasn't a big 10 game. It was a Notre Dame game against central Michigan, uh, which the, the Peacock game has always been a throwaway game. It's kind of like, it, I think it's kind of interesting because um instead of putting a marquee game on on peacock to um you know to really force people's hand to subscribe to peacock i guess for notre dame's television package they got for the safer game the central michigan game which is interesting because back in 2015 the first i think it was either the first or the second game broadcast on nbcsn the first notre dame uh, in terms of notre dame games broadcast on nbcsn it was the 2015 shamrock series when notre dame came in at, at number four in the playoff rankings playing the first football game in fenway in 49 years and you know at the time like my family didn't have cable so like this was i thought this is an abomination honestly that a game of this magnitude would would be put on that but you know it could force it could for it could have forced a family in better circumstances than mine at the time to you know get you know, link with their cable, their their cable, their local cable provider, and get cable just for that. Um, so uh, that's just something that's inter- it's that's interesting to me. Like we always come back to, I guess, Delaware fans as college football fans at large, and I just don't think there's another game on the Peacock slot or Peacock slate, excuse me, um, that will I guess force them to subscribe really because there's only three games all year. Um, this one, the Notre Dame game and Washington, Michigan state, which Washington, Michigan state, maybe, but I, that one is during the same month as, I mean, it's during the same month as the, the Delaware Penn state game. So what reason do, um, Delaware fans have to subscribe in the long term to this? These are the, these are the questions. These are the questions we're left asking here. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I gradually in future seasons, Looking at the bigger picture, NBC's future relationship with the Big Ten, how many more, how, how yeah, as it wades its feet deeper and deeper in the water, how many more Big Ten games? Like, I'm not even talking about FCS versus FBS, but just Big Ten on Big Ten. How many of those conference games will wind up exclusively on the streaming side? Because it, 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 it the, the league isn't necessarily diving headfirst with this in its partnership with NBC, but certainly NBC would like to make Peacock, you know, very competitive and viable in competing for college sports eyeballs. And 
I mean, it, it was expensive to get the Big Ten on board, right? So NBC wants to capitalize on that. And yeah, they're going to they're gonna do well with the uh, Big Ten Saturday night games. Uh, I'm sure of that. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think it seems like we're headed towards, you know, more and more of an emphasis on Peacock, especially since like just looking at the um, Penn State game hosting West Virginia, that's on NBC, that's advertised as being on NBC and Peacock starting at 730 Eastern. So like, it, similarly to you know Sunday night football, I think Sunday night football, right over, or if not Sunday night football on the NFL side, at least the the, the NBC playoff game, right? Was that also on? Peacock, was that also on Peacock too? Like they were kind of saying, hey, well, by the way, you can also catch it over here, just so you know. Don't don't forget about us when you're on the go, <laughs> if you need to stream. Yeah, so I think it was, but I've heard uh, that it was all on the free version of the of the app. Mm. Um, it tur- and also it turns out there was one more game I didn't mention. Eastern Carolina, East Carolina versus Michigan is the first Peacock exclusive at noon on opening on on Labor Day weekend. So, but again, I just don't think that game has much of a draw. East Carolina has is a good program. Uh, they improved significantly under Mike London. Um, but will they put up a fight against Michigan? Is that 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 to me that strikes me as a game that Michigan fans can can do without. So, I mean, but again, I think it just goes into the promotional. Um, I guess I guess how NBC promotes it because NBC has been promoting the heck out of Big Saturday Night. Uh, it's all I see on the um, mm-hmm. you know, the USFL games. It's it's June or it was May. You know, it's it's been since May, and like you know, they're already talking about Big Saturday Night, so they can just do that with Peacock too. I mean, put their promotional powers behind, especially with Michigan too. Which I mean, it's interesting because Michigan is back. I think Michigan's at their best height since the um. I think the Bo Schembechler days, Bo Schembechler days, because all due respect to Lloyd Carr, Lloyd Carr wasn't as much a character or a polarized, not, not even, I guess not even polarizing, but just a, um, guess how can I put it? It's not, but just a, just a well-known and kind of a interesting figure as Jim Harbaugh, you know? Um, so maybe, maybe that pulls in some college football, some Delaware fans that are college football fans, but like that, again, like no one's circling their calendar for East Carolina, um, you know, Michigan, but yeah, like, um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree again with, with, with everything you said. I mean, good, good. That you didn't forget about ECU though. Mike Houston, that's, that's a name Delaware fans, FCS yeah, fans. Shoot, not Mike, for... Martin, Mike Houston. Yep. <laughs> Mike Mike Houston, former former head coach of James Madison. Yeah, I mean, Mike London's. You, it, it's not it, it's not a bad thing. His name is on your mind because Mike London's doing good work at William and Mary too. So why not why not shout him out too? As long as we're talking about a CEA school playing at Penn State. Uh, yeah, Mike Mike London, big 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 ups to Mike London as well. But yeah, your full your full lineup: ECU, Michigan for the exclusive on Peacock, and then a week later, Delaware, Penn State, which was our primary topic. The, the P5 combination that is Big Ten involved, but it's non-conference for the Big Ten with Michigan State yeah, hosting Washington there to round out. And all, all those games in September, as you've been alluding to. So it's it, I, I, I'm interested to see how it looks, just how much it reminds me in terms of the game presentation, how much. Now, again, there has been Notre Dame football on NBC for many, many years. But like I, it's been a bit since NBC Sports Network was around and was providing coverage of FCS teams involved in different games. So I, I just, just seeing the, the game presentation and, and all, and all the formatting uh, will be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. It'll be cool to catch how, how things are laid out by the folks at NBC, because uh, this is something, this is something they're definitely going to lean into NBC sports, adding this, you know, much more complete roundup of college football to its portfolio. Sunday night football already a huge hit, of course, but the the parallel, the big 10 being a coast to coast conference and playing Saturday nights before you get Sunday nights on like it, I mean, it's something a trend you've seen too. I'm sure, and it all, it all, it all kind of makes sense for what NBC is looking to go for. And uh, Delaware, Penn State being on Peacock it just so happens to be a neat little part of that. So it'll, it'll, it'll be, it'll be cool. It'll be cool for uh, at least for maybe existing Peacock subscribers, and we'll see how many folks in the 302 uh, within the within Delaware, how many folks uh, jump on for for the game in September. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. So, like, I mean, I was I was doing some research just now on the Peacock playoff game because. It turns out, I guess you do have to subscribe to Peacock for the playoff game. And the same thing, too, with the uh, honestly, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the young quarterbacks in the NFL with the Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert's uh, Saturday night football game on uh, December 23rd. You have to subscribe to Peacock for that one, too. But they do know in the Yahoo Sports article that I'm reading that those that fans and markets of of the two teams playing the playoff game will be able to watch the Peacock stream on their local stations. Kind of the same thing 
with the Amazon Prime uh, streams um, that they were doing. I think it's just an NFL rule. So I wonder, too, I wonder if uh, Delaware, if stations in Delaware and in um, Penn State's um, alumni, I guess maybe that would be the Philadelphia area, would be willing to do that. Maybe like a CW or like, um, I guess, none of the none of the major networks, but more like a CW or I guess like a, it's a My TV. I guess, yeah, My TV network would be willing to do such a thing. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting to think about. I wonder if that would be permitted in this setup. Like, I, it could be that the Peacock exclusive, exclusive as far as college football in 2023 and more specifically Big Ten in 2023, like, if that, if it really means exclusive, it, it's going to be exclusive. Like, it's going to be only, they're only going to, they're going to want to keep it to the confines of the streaming end on Peacock. But I could see that. I mean, it would be, it would be certainly a bit more convenient for some segments of Delaware's fan base to be able to turn on NBC 10 Philadelphia which is the NBC linear affiliate, you know, for the Philadelphia uh, market and, and get Delaware, Penn state, that would be very, very popular uh, in this area. But at the same time, could there be, yeah, like a uh, me TV or, or the CW uh, pickup of it? I guess, I guess it were permitted contractually, but I'm not so sure. I, I get it. The, we have to get into the weeds of the, uh, <laughs> of the agreement, which I'm sure but the, the weeds of the agreement, I'm sure are very vast and expansive considering that the big 10 and Penn state, and Delaware, by extension, we're all able to share an announcement of, yeah, the kickoff time among all these games, Delaware, Penn State will start at 3.30. And then for later that same day for the announcement to come out, actually, NBC and Peacock raised its collective hand and said, we'd like to move it up to noon. Like the fact that there was a move up, like, didn't you already have the ability to move it up? Like, wasn't this discussed? Like, not, not totally sure where that came from, but that gives you a sense of the latitude that Peacock has in the, in the agreement. I'm sure the agreement is very lengthy, well-written <laughs> by all the lawyers. Uh, but that's just kind of one funny example. Like, hey, the, the official announcement came. The press release was all freshly, freshly hot off the presses, literally. And then you learn, oh, wait, uh, the, the very people who are supposedly dictating all this in the first place, the TV crew in charge says, actually, we need to, we need to change. So it goes to show you that I'm sure it's a voluminous contract uh, between NBC as part of this bigger picture with Big Ten. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm I, sure that it's very explicit about whether or not you can finagle even like a small regional linear component for a uh, Peacock game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, this is all the first time we're really experiencing this. I So, I mean, whatever happens, we'll, I mean, we're all, we'll all learn in real time at the same time. Um, so I guess one final thing I want to talk about, it's, it's been so long that was not able to talk about the, uh, the CBS, uh, I guess the new CAA media deal, which is, which they said was, I think, uh, I'm getting, I'm gonna embarrass myself, but I think it's an eight figure. I think they said it was an eight figure contract because, uh, I'm a history guy, you know, not, not great with numbers. I, I couldn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know off the top of my head how many digits were 10 million, you know, but, uh, an eight figure contract which doing the math, which I, I think it would be on the low end of, uh, of the eight figure, more, more like on the low tens. Uh, so about 10 million for, I think, um, I'm not sure how many full members. Are there 12 full members of uh, the CAA now or is it 14 now? Well, so the number I've had in my head lately is there will be 15 football playing schools once uh, Campbell and North Carolina A&T come on for football uh, July 1st. Well, Campbell will come on for all sports on July 1st, just to be clear. And uh, North Carolina A&T was in the CAA this past academic year for non-football sports. So in terms of football schools, keeping it all straight, A&T gets football in with the rest of its athletic department in the CAA on July 1st. Campbell on that same day of this year uh, gets football in all its sports. So with that, you get to the 15 number. If 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 my if my back of the napkin math is right, we're at fifteen because it is a little bit dizzying over over the years what we've gotten to in the CEA, but that that's the number they're sitting at. Okay, yeah. So I guess I guess at the very ceiling, I can see one million per school for the CAA, but even then, that's kind of a stretch for me because they were I think they were paid like below five hundred thousand, and I think that was it's a high estimate because I don't have uh, I don't have the figures with me right right at the very moment. Um, but I guess I guess your thoughts on them re-upping with flow sports um and then cbs sports network which they're getting more appearances on cbs sports network which is great but notably none of those appearances are for football so i, I just want to know your thoughts on the contract yeah your caveat there at the end is spot on the expansion of the partnership with cbs sports network as far as linear national tv opportunities uh, for the cea that's all in terms of cea basketball men's and women's actually the women's basketball championship game uh, winds up on CBS Sports Network uh, now with the with this agreement, which is a, it was a great thing. The men's 
uh, tournament semifinals and final had been on CBS Sports Network in the last several years. And to get the women's tournament involved in that CBS SN experience as well and get the championship game of that bracket on, uh, I'm a big fan of that and just one of my gut reactions to it. But uh, yeah, the CBS Sports Network expansion on the basketball side was 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 a was a big key in this. Um, I spoke with the league AD prior to the completion of this, these uh, media rights negotiations. It was during basketball season. I, I talked to this athletic director and he told me, you know, in, in pretty clear terms that the ex- the existing partnership that the CDA had with CBS Sports for its national TV exposure for basketball, that was a big deal. And that was something that was certainly valued and was going to be a factor in uh, mo- moving forward is what was was why I understood. And so that coming come, come, come to find out that that was the case. The CDA uses it's flow sports agreement. I is my inference to uh, help guarantee its CBS sports network appearances. I mean, the eight figure agreement with flow sports uh, for the exclusive digital rights, uh, that's the listed as in the press release, the most lucrative media rights deal in, in league history. So the CEA, I don't think was getting that offer from ESPN. I doubt ESPN. Would not, I'm, not, I'm not somebody who's talked to the consulting group that negotiated this deal. And I haven't talked to all league presidents or anything like that. But uh, my educated thought is I, I highly doubt ESPN would have come to the table with uh, a multimedia rights offer that would match this record agreement that Flow Sports was able to provide. So the CDA member schools look out for themselves as far as the distributions they're going to get uh, through this re-up with Flow Sports. It, it's, a, it's a good, as far as mid-major conferences striking a deal, it, the market, it's a winner. It's a winner economically, but um, there still is just a, the Flow Sports functions so similarly to ESPN Plus, it's hard to say Flow Sports is worse than ESPN Plus. Well, like, what does that really mean? Because both operate as in terms of just distributing, you know, many times or vast majority of the times, as you know, it's school produced broadcast and the quality of the school's production is, although there are supposed to be, you know, li- limits and uh, expectations right into the contract with streaming providers about the quality of what they're going to put out, uh, you know, expectations for equipment quality at schools, all those things. It ultimately boils down to the streaming quality is what you're going to get varies from school to school. And we said that beginning of the podcast. So Flow Sports and ESPN Plus function very similarly in that way. They're just the distributors of what's being produced at the at the host institutions. But Flow Sports is a massive brand problem. And the brand problem is one that the rollout with the CAA uh, folks, I, I think from time to time have had trouble locating the CAAs. There, 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 at least at one time, and this may still be in effect now, there was a special CAA price that you could get if you went through the CAA's advertisements of this of the Flow Sports partnership. You could pick up a whether it was a monthly or yearly rate that was a little bit different than the original rack rate. But this was several years ago. I don't know if it's changed. But at the outset, that that was available to some CAA fans. Is that if you if you had the link, if you had the right link, you, you get. A, a, an, an improved deal on flow sports, but I don't know if everybody had a great awareness of that. And then it was just a r- difficult transition. I think for most of the conferences fans, uh, one of the bit most popular fan bases, JMU was pretty vocally opposed to it uh, due to the perception of, Hey, perception is reality in college sports. Brand is everything. Our brand being on flow sports with the rest of the CAA. Well, th- that means our conference and our brand isn't right up next against, against the other guys on ESPN plus family of, uh, of options. So the, the, the flow sports is never going to be ESPN plus in terms of college athletic, you know, fan exposure. Um, it was it, at the same time, flow sports was always going to be able to outbid ESPN for the CAA because I, from ESPN's perspective, you know, do you really necessarily need to add that inventory? I mean, the CAA is expanding. There are more and more teams joining it right <laughs> at, at this time. And so there's inventory of this great diversity of teams. You have HBCUs, you have, um, teams in, in, that are you know really rising as schools in the South. Campbell is really strong in baseball, and so it, it provides some sports strength diversity. Um, the CAA goes all the way up to Boston with Northeastern as far as a non-football school goes. So there, there's stuff to offer there to an overall inventory of streaming college sports, but ESPN didn't have to bend over backwards for the CAA. So I don't know that was necessarily stunning to folks uh, that the CAA went for an agreement with Flow Sports, but at the same time, the perception is so much different. Like It, it is going to be a hard sell for the CAA to really say to its fans, hey, like stick with us simply because it's it's a costly price. When you're paying to subscribe to Flow Sports, there are Big East Olympic sports available. Their women's basketball is a frequent appearance on, on the Big East, uh, on the Big East digital side through Flow Sports. But beyond that, it's largely Division II conferences partnered with Flow Sports. So CEA fans who are subscribing to Flow Sports, the you're you're paying a, 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 not not an outsized rate necessarily, but it, it's it's a it's a strong commitment financially uh, to, to 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 access the whole portfolio of CEA streaming options. I mean, among Division One leagues, maybe the Summit League uh, could consider Flow Sports as this next a multimedia rights partner. Matt Brown, uh, Extra Points Newsletter, does a great job with that. He'd been reporting that not too long ago that the Summit League is seriously considering uh, going with Flow Sports. 
as a, or some other non-ESPN partner uh, for MMR. But outside of that, the CEA has been on a, a bit of on a D1 island when it comes to football. And the Summit League wouldn't fix that either. You you know that. No no football in the Summit, at least not right now. So see, that's a long way of saying CEA football fans, as they see the, the upgrade of Flow Sports, or not not the upgrade, but the renewal of, of the deal, it, it the schools that they're fans of will benefit because the distributions are there. Like that, that money wasn't coming from ESPN. I, I really don't think, but it's it's I think fans do feel a little bit that they weren't heard. You know, like at, at some point it's it's nice to be on on CBS Sports Network frequently and to compete with the other mid-major leagues in the region on basketball wise uh and have that access to CBS SN. Um, but football in the in the football sense, the FCS is so is so not controlled, but the Missouri Valley and Big Sky are so reliably on ESPN plus that when CEA fans want to really make that reliable claim to being in the top three conferences, national FCS fans don't always get the chance to see those games right side by side. ESPN plus Valley game, ESPN plus Big Sky game. And you're going over to a whole other website and a whole other bill and a whole other credit card uh, bill to get to Flow Sports. So it's it's it, it that's, that's something that gets discussed time and time again. And we're going to keep talking about it because of uh, this renewal that made fiscal sense. Um, but at the same time. It's it's one of the great contrasts between what presidents and ads you know are looking for and valuing, and maybe the way they're constrained and they can't always they can't always listen to the constituents like the the fans, the fans are the consumers, but at the same time the consumers don't drive the bus here as much, right? Like it, the it, it's a strange strange economic layout. Like it, the fans weren't subjugated here, but they weren't also heated totally because the fan outpouring about flow sport, whether it's perfectly rational or not, like it's a combination of the two. Uh, it was not listened to this time. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think the key thing in all this is consolidation. I mean, as we as we go forward into the streaming the streaming era of sports, um, Flow Sports, the quality or whatnot, or the, I guess, availability, it's available to anyone, really anyone that has internet, it's available. But in terms of convenience and price, I mean, yes, you can get the Hulu bundle for, I think it's like for $15 less, let's see, $13.99. So for $16 less, then you can get Flow Sports for. And I mean, that's just that's just more bang for your buck. Even if ESPN Plus was the same price, you get much more value out of your buck for um, ESPN Plus. So many more conferences, like pretty much every group of five conference, um, except for the Mountain West, you get Power 5 access, you get the Big 12. The Big 12 has, you know, they get some games on, on ESPN Plus as well. Um, and then Flow Sports, you mentioned, I mean, if you love college sports in general, it's a, it's a good deal. I didn't even know D2 schools were part of it, or uh, I didn't even know the Big East had Olympic sports airing on that. But I guess it makes sense just with Fox's, I mean, I guess, oversaturation of content now. Um, but again, the, the price is more and it's not consolidated with everything else, which is why, CBS Sports Network, I mean, they have long been trailing ESPN, Fox Sports 1, uh, and whatnot. I don't like I think it was just like until recently they got Nielsen ratings and viewership ratings because they their carriage numbers are so low. But they're consolidated with all those all those cable networks, ESPN, the FS1s and 2s, the conference networks. So it's a big deal when you when you connect with them because, you know, they're consolidated with the content that people do want to see. So when you stumble on, you know, a random, I don't know what nights uh, the CAA plays their basketball games, but I'll say a random Tuesday night and you see an exciting game um, in CAA on CBS Sports Network, it's great for the conference because you had the opportunity to without paying an extra 30 bucks a month, you know, to see it. I mean, so that's, yeah. that's just a huge thing. Totally. Yeah, that's the thing. You're close. You're close. It's it, Thursday night. That's the only thing I would say Thursday night for CEA men's hoops anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. The point stands regardless, regardless of that nitpick. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not, a, not a huge, not a huge college basketball guy. I try every time, but I mean, shoot, I just, I just get home late from work and, and working out that, you know, it's just like the only conference I can catch at this point or like, the WCC because I cut off my cable, my YouTube TV subscription from basketball season. So, um, but yeah, so we'll just see how this, uh, I guess the CAA carries on going forward. I think they're in a good spot. Well, I don't know. I think, I think they're right now they're kind of stable, but I just, I can, I just kind of see a big East type of breakout, honestly, or breakup, but there's just so much moving pieces with the conference um, that, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens in the coming years. So. It, it's it, it feels a little bit bloated, but it also makes sense what the CEA is doing in terms of you. Can you blame them for in, 
enlargening, I guess, in a way when, when you're able to, right? Because conference realignment, I said it on uh, actually the FCS Football Talk podcast. I, I just joined with us, my buddy Sam Herder at Hero Sports the other day. The conference realignment wave that we follow, it's really a matter of a pecking order a lot of times. The CAA has been exerting its place as a, a, a ahead of the pecking order or ahead of the Big South in that pecking order, right? Plucking from the Big South, getting Monmouth, uh, Monmouth football from the Big South anyway, um, getting Hampton from the Big South, and now getting A&T, Campbell from the Big South. Like, it, it, the haves, have-nots issue is there. Like, if the CEA is in a position to exert that power, in some ways, hard to blame it. But it's also, man, 15 football-playing schools. You're going to have, um, I guess it comes out to five pods of three teams that will play each other, you know, protected. You, you call it, I guess you call it not protected rivals necessarily, but protected regional opponents. Uh, like, one of them is Delaware, Villanova, Towson. They all play each other. Now, Delaware and Villanova play each other annually as a rivalry, but Delaware and Towson was almost every year. Now that Delaware-Towson becomes every single year because you get Delaware, Towson, Nova, just as an example of three out of 15 who will play each other every football regular season in this layout. Uh, 15 makes sense that way. Like, you can make it practically make sense with those with those groupings. It's not divisions, but it is groupings for uh, uh, annual games. But, gosh, yeah, could there be some kind of breakup? It's... I'm not saying it's gonna be a wholesale breakup, but could you could you lose a piece or two? Like, is the CEA planning on losing or trying to protect itself against losing a piece or two by going to this number of teams for football? I guess it's a possibility. The CEA didn't exactly go bat for a thousand in realignment in this cycle. Uh, if you read, I believe there, you know, there have been reports and at least, if not fully substantiated reports, there have been you know regular rumors about maybe the CEA was looking at several SoCon schools before it wound up with um, a, a program like Campbell most recently. Uh, I I reported about the CEA thinking it had Howard under wraps uh, to come to join the conference, and then that fell apart on Howard's end. So there's speculation about maybe Hampton was invited to the CEA with the full expectation that Howard would join along, and then that fell apart. So the CEA hasn't exactly been batting a thousand either. Um, so maybe it's had to go to some plans B and C, but it still winds up with the same very large number. So yeah, I just I just wanted to expand on that a little bit because it's an interesting topic. The fact that they're at this number and uh, it's it's practically able to be done but is it a sign of is there more movement to come down the line we'll see because of course everybody's at the mercy of what happens all the way up to the pac-12 tv deal right so we're, we're kind of holding our breath when we're discussing the cea but it is it, it's it, it's fun to break down and try to uh try to discern what might come next yeah for me like my my closing comment on the CAA is like i just think that there's so many football only members a part of caa football that you know have I wouldn't say they have much to lose, but they have much to gain with a geographic consolidation. And I'm talking about the New Hampshire's, the Maines and whatnot that, you know, I guess are seeing the regional rivals not disappear, but played less frequently. Like, um, like you said, uh, the talent, I guess, uh, Delaware there, uh, I mean, New Hampshire is not a protected rival. Maine's not a protected rival. And those are rivalries that stretch back years and decades to the Yankee conference um, and everything. So you know, seeing uh, historic matchups like that, not exactly rivalries, but I mean, in a sense, they are rivalries. Seeing games like those, this, even Rhode Island too, Rhode Island as well. Um, and they're seeing like the precarious situation that a lot of that other Northeast schools are in at the time that they can kind of, you know, link with these schools, you know, like a Robert Morris, like a Brian as well, you know, which I mean, I wrote about earlier in the spring, um, shameless plug, but uh, but that's just my opinion, you know. Yeah, it's not just, shameless like, kind of, yeah, it's just kind of like, it just reminds me of the Big East, honestly, where it's just like too much like there's just a lack of identity crisis because it's like the CAIC, like, do you want to be the SOCON or do you want to be what's left of the Atlantic 10 when they're mm -hmm. a football conference or the Yankee conference? So that's just my opinion on it. I think I think uh, I won't, I'm not going to go on a hot take and say that something big will happen in the next couple of years, but I just I do see discontent kind of breeding with the, with, their, with their members. Yeah, it, Matt Brown wrote about it two maybe like summer 2020 one of, one of my first matt brown pieces and I, I plug his name because he does a great job you know talk about the business of reporting in college sports the business business side of of the college sports world uh it might have been summer 2020 a story he put out about hey like one of the things about the cea that makes it uh, one of the great like reality shows to track in college college sports and college football is the football only schools like looking at new hampshire not to say just bringing up new hampshire unh certainly values the ability to play Richmond and Delaware and Villanova. And um, I mentioned, I said William Mary. Yeah. So a number of those like household CA names, like UNH 
as a proud football tradition. And I'm sure UNH wants to continue to be associated with those schools rather than UNH winding up in a, a lumping with Bryant and Bobby Mel like that. UNH, I think UNH is dedicated to CAA football, but there, there are so many other comedy, like UNH isn't an A-10 school, but for those A-10 schools like Rhodey and Richmond, basketball is a bigger thing at play, right? And for UNH, I guess, forget basketball, hockey's in play for UNH uh, as well. So it's, yeah, the CAA, great, great collection. Great is one adjective for it, to have a great uh, collection or amalgamation of uh, various schools. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, and I mean... It's just, it's just interesting, too, because, you know, you look at Maine. I, I feel bad. I feel the worst for Maine when it comes from, from a football perspective because their travel is just not really beneficial. I mean, they're kind of on an island. I mean, New Hampshire's close by, of course, being in New England. But, I mean, Rhode Island, you know, Rhode Island, too. But even then, like, you know, or Orono is, you know, not exactly, like, too close to Boston. You know, it's not exactly too close. To, it's not exactly southern Maine. So that's just my thing as well. I mean, uh, like like you said, the A ten schools were like basketball drives thing, where it's like they do stand, like they stand to to loot to gain. I mean, yeah, they stand to gain something from a geographic geographic consolidation of football, um, with you know the media deal that the A ten gets from. Uh, even though I haven't been able to get numbers on it, I do I do think that they do get paid more than the CAA because they get more units from the tournament. They get more at-large bids. They have bigger brands, you know, just through, I mean, whether it's Davidson, even it's not even just the traditional A-10 schools that are bigger brands, you know, I know this is a tangent, but it's just like, you know, the, you know, Davidson, you know, a newer A-10 school is a brand. You also have your VCU as well. So um, I don't know. We'll see in the coming years, but I just, I just don't think that the CAA right now is a union that can last like, that can last like even the next realignment wave like that, whatever, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I, we started talking about Delaware, Penn state. Delaware is an ambitious program. There isn't a, doesn't, there isn't a viable pathway to the FBS for Delaware at this point, but Delaware's investing a lot in athletics, investing a lot in, in facilities, uh, Delaware, Sam mentioned it over again, talking about Hero Sports Podcast briefly. While you're listening to podcasts, this is a great one, but also FCS Football Talk. I had fun with joining that the other day. Um, you know, Sam Herter mentioned it. Delaware, among remaining CA football schools, really is the one that you can kind of point to that maybe mirrors the way James Madison invested in and commits to football. So um, Delaware is a school that will kind of came up. I mean, it comes up in, in discussions and rumors. I don't mean like internally Delaware's had those talks with other conferences at the FBS level just yet, but um it, it so the Delaware is kind of now the school that kind of looms over the CA. And there's a what are they going to do? Stony Brook location is really great, and Stony Brook is committed as well, uh, in different and maybe some slightly different ways than how Delaware approaches things. So, Stony Brook, I think, is the school that you look at and say, is it a flight risk to the CAA? Um, William and Mary has been always brought up as a, a, as a flight risk when you talk about the Patriot League and does William and Mary in the Patriot League make sense? That's a whole other podcast. I know, Omar, yeah, you know about that. Um, so it's, it's really interesting to look at the various different schools, Villanova's in the big East for non-football sports. And who knows, who knows what the big East does and looks like if UConn leaves the big East and, and, uh, in uh, non-football sports. So good grief. I, I, it's, it's just this number of places you can turn to speculate about the CAA, or at least give it consideration. Like, Hey, that's not outrageous. Think about, you know, what if this happens? The, the number of what ifs with the conferences is vast. And, and you've made that point much more succinctly than I can, but it, 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 it rings true. And it'll make it an interesting 2020s decade for the conference. Absolutely. I mean, because I mean, when I see when I see the um, I guess it's kind of a, a moot point now. But when I see the CAA, I see like the, you know, the whack of the 1990s with 16 teams, you know, lacking identity, kind of just adding schools haphazardly. But again, like we have a 16 team conference, we're gonna have two 16 team conferences in the FBS. So it's like, it's a moot point now, you know, it's like not the number, but maybe it's identity. That was, you know, that was the issue with the whack. So we'll see. Um, I'm certainly, I, I hope that those listening, cause I assume that, you know, a lot of Delaware fans, you know, some CAA fans are listening to this. I'm not rooting for the conference to fail. I'm just giving my opinion on the viability of the future of the conference. I think the conference is great. I grew up in Massachusetts. You know, I would watch it games on like the local, like the local, like Nesson or Fox sports network, you know, uh, Back when Scott Graham would call a would call, I guess weekly, um, yeah, weekly weekly a CAA game. So it's like you know, uh, I, nostalgia I overload. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I remember when Hofstra was in the conference too, and and oh, well, I mean, they are still, but played football, you know. So right. not rooting for the conference to fail, but just giving my thoughts on it. 
But oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no hating here to the point of rooting for their downfall. We're not praying on anybody's downfall oh, yeah. <laughs> on the hardware <laughs> pod, but we, but we're, but we're definitely like having a, having an honest conversation. It, it feels like one that's come up before, right? But really, since 2020, and you really knew James Madison's level of, I mean, discontent is one way to put it, or JMU's at least not afraid at that time. They weren't necessarily afraid to make it known. Hey, like JMU might have been a school that explored playing football in the fall of 2022. Like that was one of those points of friction too. Like how schools approach the pandemic uh, academic year, at least at the height of the COVID pandemic, when it came to football, JMU wanted a conference championship game in the spring between the two division winners in the format in the league that season, they didn't get it. Didn't get the opportunity to play a league championship game. So yeah, as that pandemic era onset and that became our reality, uh, it became more and more clear about JMU's, eyes toward the door if a chance could come in the in the texas oklahoma era of movement uh it it, it really did start to make everybody's wheels turn about what is this what is the ca's path forward because it kind of it reminded us or exposed those possible you know there's room for cracks you can get when you do have such a diversity of of schools with primary sport membership for those football only places in the ca and different priorities with the schools as a whole body yeah absolutely i mean and, and again you know whether it be the southland or, you know, the, uh, I guess the Southland or the WAC, you know, um, you know, you can get into all kinds of things with in terms of 20, like all the things that the pandemic caused in terms of discontentment, because I know Sam Houston State was like a huge, you know, I guess, yeah, Sam Houston State, yeah, was it was a big, like kind of discontented um, figure, you know, in the in the Southland, you know, during the pandemic. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see for sure. But, um, you know, that's, that's all I got right now, Dan, thanks again for, uh, for coming on. Do you have anything you want to plug one last time before we close this podcast? Oh, no, I appreciate the opportunity to do that. Uh, I'll take full advantage of why I appreciate it. First, I'd tell folks, keep hanging in there. Omar, Omar doing great work. That shout out to you. Um, I really, I enjoyed listening. I, I have, I I'm, I'm getting into way too many different podcasts over the course of the summer. I'm falling asleep to them or I'm staying up late, staying up, staying up late, getting my dose of college sports content, but you're doing a great work. Uh, but uh, over on my end, I, I, w- I would say uh, stay tuned to heroesports.com. Looking forward to contributing more content to the site over the course of the summer, doing some feature work um, throughout June, writing some different feature stories in July. Uh, we'll continue the features uh, to an extent and then also get into the media days and uh, I'm looking forward to, I guess, what I'm anticipating are going to be a series of more virtual media days, uh, but it, it's been fun to, to, to get to know uh, coaches through Zoom, update on them in the summers. And then in August, HeroSports.com will have our uh, comprehensive conference-by-conference conference, uh, league previews uh, for throughout the FCS, so you can get an idea of what's going on across the country heading into fall camp. Uh, Sam, Sam and I will continue to collaborate on that. So that's the biggest thing. That's your primer on summer content over at the site. I, I appreciate it, Omar. Thank you. Yeah, of course. The pleasure is always mine, Dan. Uh, always glad to have you on. And yeah, like you're also doing great stuff too with Hero Sports as well. I mean, th- th- you guys come up with like such a plethora of content, honestly, every single day. I don't know how you guys keep it going. You know, I get I get tired just making like one or two pieces a day. Um, so you know, you know, I, I'm just I, I love reading your stuff, and you know, just you guys have a great team of, of writers for almost every conference. You know. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, even, even the undercovered ones, you guys make your way out to cover, you know, the pioneer league and, you know, what the NEC and whatnot. So I really do appreciate the work of hero sports, but yeah, thanks again for coming on Dan and until next time, everyone, peace, love, and soul.